touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer, look at him rumble. Welcome along to another episode of Utter Punts. We've got the conference finals out of the way. Nobody gives a shit about the Pro Bowl, but the Super Bowl's just around the corner, and we're right here for it, I'm telling you. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! No! No! 24-yard attempt. Oh, he hits the upright. It's no good. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs. Hello, welcome along again, you utter punts. This is an NFL podcast made by UK fans of the National Football League. We're with you all season long, and in a sneaky sneak peek, we're with you in the post-season two, and even after the Super Bowl has finished. As always, I'm joined by the most stubborn, most cantankerous, most bad-tempered man on the planet. It's Vikings fan Dave Keane. I'd argue that I'm not any of those, but I suppose that kind of proves you right. So, yeah, fair. <laughs> I'd take it all day long. Uh, unfortunately, no Statman Dan this week. He's not very well. Get well soon, Dan. But don't worry. Plenty of content coming your way, including a look back at last weekend and a teeny tiny bit of news that's broken in the NFL this week. We've got it all for you coming up on Utter Punts. Hello, welcome along. Yes, unfortunately, no Statman Dan this week, and he's he's under the weather, uh, God love him. Um, I believe he was running a temperature at one stage of 42 degrees Celsius, which, um, which I mean, if you stay at that temperature for too long, Dr. Dave, you're pretty much dead, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the brain does not like being kept at that kind of temperature, so I'm glad he's feeling a little bit better today. Uh, but I do think we could potentially change his name to Contagion Dan because it would just amuse me for a while. Uh, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi is you and Contagion yeah, that. Dan. That's fine by me. I'm Bears fan Liam Bradford. No, I'm not. I'm Giants fan Liam Bradford. <laughs> but these two will have you believe that I've got a soft spot for the Chicago Bears. Um we're going to talk about plenty of stuff over the course of this episode. It might not be as long as we normally go, but no. there's not as much content as there normally is because we only had two games at the weekend and we've got no games coming up this weekend. And as I said in the intro, it's the Pro Bowl and that even has changed slightly from what it used to be. So maybe we'll come on to that in a little bit. Um, I suppose the big bit of news to come out of the NFL this week is that Tom Brady has officially retired Dave Keane. Um, I say officially because clearly he actually retired back in October looking at the performances, didn't he? Come on, he missed Brian Jensen. I know, I know that you, you weren't a fan of Brady this year, but like there was no O line there. The, the, the weapons were ever taking a hit. He eventually connected connected with Evans, but yeah, the team was nowhere near as good as it was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they missed Gronkowski. They missed the what was here? Brady didn't appear to get along with Arians, who does appear to be quite a confrontational guy in his own right. Uh, I do think that there was. Um, the potential for them to have had a better year than the one that they did. Uh, and I think Brady's now just getting out of the game. While he's still kind of at the top, in my opinion. But obviously, you you have a slightly different one. Yeah, I do have a different uh, opinion. I think he's let himself down this season. I think if he was really going to come back and 
and chuck in some of the performances that he's thrown in this season. And let's be honest, a couple of them have been dialed in from 600 miles away rather than actually him being on the field. I, 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 if that was going to be the case, then he should have just stuck to his word in the in the close season and retired after the Super Bowl win. I don't understand why you would come back and, and half-arse it the way that's been half-arsed this season. I mean, who knows what's going on in someone's head? Maybe... Maybe he wanted out of his marriage. I don't know. Like, you know, if, if he realised that by coming back, he could get out. I don't know. Um, but I, 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 like I say, I'm a fan of Brady. Like, he, I hate him at the same time, probably like most people. But that's only because he made the NFL non-competitive for a, for a number of years. And with him gone, there's going to be a new dawn. And everyone will see Mahomes as the next, uh, the next great quarterback. And... You know, like the, the guy can play on one leg, so he we might are going to talk about that game and the other conference championship uh, coming up in a few minutes here on Utter Punts. Before we do that, though, there's been some coaching moves as well, hasn't there? This week, including someone's off to the Texans, somebody's gone to uh, the Colts. What's going on, Keno? Put us all straight, would you? Well, okay. So D'Amico Ryans, the former San Francisco Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, who uh, obviously they they kind of failed to stop the Eagles, but then context of the game that we'll get into later probably lent itself to that. Uh, He's gone to the Houston Texans, which um, that's kind of exciting. That's a first time that I can remember that they've had a a young up-and-coming coaching candidate who I think will be able to... Build a, a rapport very quickly with the players that they've got over there, and the Texans will come strong again because at least they've got some draft picks to play with. Um, and obviously they they got the haul from Deshaun Watson. Uh, <laughs> they're in a position where they can build, so I can understand why he's gone there. Then uh, I think Keelan Moore's gone from the Cowboys over to uh, to the Los Angeles Chargers. So that's Herbert getting a new coach, a new offensive coordinator. So, unfortunately, they decided after they they threw away their lead that they needed to change there. Um, <laughs> Cowboys fans seem quite happy about it, Liam. Uh, he's gone. Yeah, it's a weird situation, isn't it, at the Cowboys? I think, you know, America's team and all that jazz, and it's been more disappointment for them again this year. And I suppose any change at the moment is probably being seen by those Cowboys fans as a positive uh, for the franchise. Mike McCarthy will be calling plays next year. What do you think of that? Though? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to answer that without getting myself in trouble, Kino. Um, good luck, I, Cowboys. Uh, yeah, um, very, very much so. I, I, I think that maybe I'm wrong, but I do think that that takes away any of McCarthy's final excuses. He kept Keelan Moore on. He inherited him uh, from the last head coach. Uh, and it, it was very much a matter of he kept him on because he was popular with the team, popular with players and popular with the fans. That's changed. The, the, the Cowboys fans seem to blame him uh, for a lot of their shortcomings in, in the playoffs. Oh, we uh, all love a scapegoat, don't we? We all love a scapegoat. 
But we will see. We will see. I, I think if he can have a, a positive impact on Herbert, and I, I think there's every chance of that, then we might see Herbert pushing up uh, the quarterback rankings. And uh, he's obviously had a bit of surgery this last season. So could be exciting times ahead for the Chargers. Um, Mike LaFleur, the former Jets offensive coordinator, has gone over to uh, the Rams. So... I think the Lafleur brothers are very much from the same tree as Sean McVay. So he's brought in someone who should be familiar with the system and helping with an install. Does that? McVay will be back. I think he's announced it already, hasn't he? Yeah. So they're building for the future. That could be interesting because obviously we've got Stafford and Stafford spent a lot of time injured recently. He obviously had his best season ever with the Super Bowl win. Well, maybe not statistically, and you ask a Lions fan, they might disagree with that because. He did have some good seasons for them, regardless of a lack of playoff uh, appearances. Uh, Vic Fangio's gone over to the Miami Dolphins. What do you make oh, of that? Wow. That's a um, of an experienced man in there. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder whether there is an element of trying to give the Dolphins something that they haven't got. Whether that's just a little bit of big game experience. Whether that's just a little bit of been there, seen it, done it. Whether it's just something slightly different to that off-the-wall, super-fast offence that they've had charged all season. I wonder whether this gives them something slightly different. Yeah, I, I think it, it could be a very nice compliment for, for Mike McDaniels, who Dan and I have spoken about it in the past. We both like him, um, but he is a little bit out there. I mean, potentially vaping on the sideline. Even if he wasn't, he knew what he was doing in terms of causing that controversy. He seems to be a little bit of a wind-up merchant. Whilst Fangio's got a reputation for being very much an old-school guy, uh, it normally takes him about a year to get the players together. Um, that allows him to build the defence that can dominate. But I think that the Dolphins are already coming with some good parts. Uh, Xavier Howard, I think he's, he's playing for the Dolphins, isn't he? I'm getting mixed up with the Bills fan. This is where we missed Dan. Uh, but but they've got good cornerbacks on the Dolphins. Um, they've also got a lot of potential in their defensive line. So I think that fans, Joe, looks at it and probably thinks he can get results for them sooner rather than later. Uh, if he gets on with McDaniels, brilliant. Like you, you can see them being very much a, a, a chalk and cheese kind of relationship, but getting the right dynamic as a whole out of the locker room. Um, possibly giving them a little bit of uh, more old school discipline on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and that might run up, rub off a little bit on Mike McDaniels as well. He might he might realise that you can't just do what pops in your head all the time. Uh, Got to save it for those special moments. So be interested to see what happens there. Um then I think the, the other particularly interesting one is the Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos. Wow. Four draft picks. So the trade has taken place between uh, Denver and the New Orleans Saints, who owned the rights to Payton when he retired. Uh, and they have sent the draft pick that they got this year uh, for the trade of Bradley Chubb. Oh, wow. um, and then next year's second, I believe, is the, the other bit. Uh, so, Sean Payton over to the Denver Broncos. Do you think Rennie will be happy? Uh, I hope so. If you don't know who Rene is, 
Uh, it's a perfect segue, that, Dave. Absolutely spot on. Thank you for all of that information. Rene is one of the owners of endzonekit.co.uk. Proud sponsors. We're proud to be sponsored by endzonekit.co.uk. They provide some of the best NFL merchandise in the UK at some of the best prices. And not just your run-of-the-mill stuff that you would get on the NFL website, but some of the absolutely magic retro stuff as well. So you can absolutely kick yourself out and support your team in style. That offer is still going, by the way. Enter code PUNTS at checkout for 15% off. And maybe, just maybe, if you're quick enough, you'll be able to get yourself some gear ready for the Super Bowl, depending on who you are cheering on, which segues us nicely into looking at... Uh, no, in fact, we'll look back at last week before we look ahead, shall we? Uh, yeah. All coming up in a sec after this. All right then, Keno, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the blowout or do you want to start with the tight one? I, I think we should start with me telling you last week that you were making us wrong because mm. you were making us wrong. However, you also made us wrong on the second one where Dan was right and I was wrong. So, like, at the same time... I'm nothing if not consistent. Our little draft game didn't go well for you, didn't it, uh, In fact, nothing last week went well for me at all. The draft game <laughs> went terribly. My predictions went awfully. And I'm wondering whether or not I actually want to carry on doing this. Uh, if I'm being completely Please honest, don't with you. go down that road, Lim. We, uh, we can bring you back from a drink. <laughs> I'm not sure you can. I, th I think I'm. I think I'm done. Uh, right. No. Seriously. Uh, let's start with the 49ers, shall we? Because oh, just anything that could possibly have gone wrong in that game for the San Francisco 49ers went wrong, didn't it, Dave? It really did. Brock Purdy hurt the same elbow joint that josh allen did and it, i think we've got an answer now to who's got the warrior gene uh josh allen does brock purdy maybe doesn't but at the same time josh allen's not human and you can't blame brock purdy for being human he he, he tore his elbow he couldn't grip the ball he couldn't do anything uh then the backup qb josh Jones, johnson i think it yeah. is um he didn't last very long. Uh, went off with a concussion. He was dreadful, to be fair, uh, while he was on too. But I suppose fourth string quarterback, you can't line him up against against anybody and expect him to come out on top, can you? No, no, I don't think you can. And what's interesting now is the Niners are looking for a, a rule change this year. So in, in the off-season, uh, teams can forward proposals for rule changes. Now, on, on game day, you dress 46 players. So of your 53-man roster, you dress 46. And they're arguing that they should be, uh, you should be allowed to have a reserve backup quarterback uh, added to, to that um, in case of emergencies like this. So Basically, 46 plus one. On health and safety grounds. But smartly... I would argue that what we should ask, actually be asking for is uh, to increase what you can dress on game day to 47 and then <laughs> making sure that that is a quarterback because that's an easier rule to apply than having an emergency reserve one uh, with glass in front of them only breaking in case of emergency. I can also, oh, I can understand why they've gone down that route, but circumstances have been a bit weird for the 49ers this season. They lost starting quarterback, then in comes backup quarterback, lose backup quarterback, in comes backup backup quarterback in, in Brock Purdy, then they lose Brock Purdy and they're down to their fourth string quarterback. I don't remember any team, as long as I've been watching the NFL, go through four quarterbacks in one season due to injury. No, I can't either. And like the Vikings have had their, their 
quarterback uh, injury issues. Now, speaking of the Vikings, and speaking of this particular issue the 49ers have in terms of keeping a quarterback fit and healthy, um, I know one who never gets injured, Carl Shanahan, and you love that, man. You genuinely love that, man. Please trade. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I me. think Keno would like to get rid of Kirk Cousins. And I'm not quite sure how this happens when the Vikings haven't played for three weeks. But here we are talking about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings again. I don't I don't I've know how this... I've got one reference point, Liam. Yeah. Like, I've, I've only you've, got no, one, No, I found really. out you've now got two because Joe Flacco. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in all seriousness, the, the Niners were never really at the races, were they? And the Eagles were clinical, even with an injured Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean Jalen Hurts through uh, fifteen to twenty-five, like um, that's and it was short passing as well. You could tell he was hurt. He, he he was running with the ball a fair bit, but he's clearly got a shoulder injury himself. So we've we've basically got a, a Super Bowl coming up, which will consist of a quarterback with one arm, uh, well, only throw with one arm anyway, uh, against a quarterback with one leg. So. You know, we'll see how that goes. Um, I just think that the Eagles were so strong. And when, when I argued for the Eagles, a big part of it was the fact that we were going to be at home with that hostile crowd. And you definitely saw that have an impact when when the backup QB came in. He couldn't get a snap off on time. Well, he kept couldn't hear. Backwards yeah, for yeah. delay of game, yeah. Uh, and then the, 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 refer- the, the, the umpires, both of these games we've just seen were impacted by the officials. It's not right. There, there, there needs to be something done to try and get decisions right. It, even the ridiculous penalty, which we'll, we'll move on to shortly, but in, in, in the Chiefs game, um, that could have been called back or, or neutralised by a clear holding call. And then in, in this game, everything just seems to be going for the Eagles. The, the roughing the punter? Oh, this penalty? call. I've never been as angry, I don't think, watching the NFL as I was here as... As the punt block comes in, kid launches himself off the line to try and make a block on the punt. And he's flying through the air like a flying cross body block to try and yep. get some hands on the ball. And as he does it, he then realises that he's going to make contact with the kicker. So turns away and tries to pull himself in so he doesn't end up making contact. He grazes the leg of the punter. And he gets done for roughing the kicker. It was absolutely insane. I don't understand the call at all. It, even even worse than that, he actually had was illegally blocked in the back by one of the Eagles players, yeah, which is him why he it. lost control. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And it wasn't the only decision <laughs> no. that we saw no, in that game. Wasn't. Now, to be fair, the umpires were busy. Uh, there were sort of five or six fairly obvious face masks from the Niners' defence as they were trying to get hold of, uh, uh, of the Eagles. But even aside from the really, really obvious ones, there were some shockers that went against the Niners over the course of the game too. Yeah, I think it took it away from them. I mean, it was a great play at the end of the, of the second quarter, uh, which really turned the game when, when they got the uh, the strip fumble on, on Johnson, when he when he dropped the snap, essentially. And they, they converted. It was, it was 14-7 to the Eagles at the time. Uh, and the Niners were driving, and you can't help but feel had it been Brock Purdy or Chibi Garoppolo or even Trey Lance. I mean, we've never really seen Trey play, but let's give some credit. It's probably better than... The four-string quarterback, um, and yeah, I mean he's got to pull completely... that. In. He's got to regather that, even after he's fumbled it. Yeah. He's, he's got to get to yeah. it. I mean, he ended up going off with a concussion, um, and you don't really know when that happened because he was getting hit an awful lot. Um, 
And sometimes it can be cumulative effect, particularly if you're not conditioned towards getting hit every week. And that's the thing with backup quarterbacks, like the particular journeyman who never really get any snaps. Actually getting hit happens when they play. It doesn't happen in practice because you don't hurt the quarterback. And and getting used to being hit, that's important. Yeah. And I think he's been seven seven years in the league, maybe more. How many snaps has he had in a live game? Well, that's it. And 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 the amount of repetitions that he was getting or not getting, they turn out to be mental reps rather than physical reps. And it, 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 it wasn't was, fair on him. No, he really, really struggled. Uh, what I found really interesting was that the next uh, cab off the rank, if you will, was Christian McCaffrey, who would have ended up playing sort of a wildcat quarterback role. And I thought to myself, it might have been worth a try, Keno. Are you surprised we didn't see it? Well, yes, I don't know why they didn't, because at least McCaffrey would have been a threat to run. Now, I don't know how, how good he is at throwing, but he's a hell of an athlete. And I seem to remember seeing him in a flea flicker in the past uh, with the Panthers, and he seems to be able to throw the ball. They should have at least done one passing play with McCaffrey at QB, just to see if he could connect or even put the idea in, in the Eagles' minds where they, where they have the potential to connect. It didn't happen. I think... Um... <laughs> I think the the other thing to point out here is look at what Daniel Jones did, and, and I've not picked this out because it was the Vikings and the Giants, but look at what Daniel Jones did to the Vikings by playing that almost wildcat quarterback role where he used his feet so well through that game. There was clearly an, a, an option there to use McCaffrey in that way that the Niners didn't pick. Now, obviously, there'll have been a reason that they didn't choose to go down that route, whether that was protection for McCaffrey or whether it was that they thought that Johnson was going to have enough to be able to do it, but it, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. Now, what was interesting was before McCaffrey became a 49er, the backup QB in that situation, and I think it was mentioned on the broadcast, it was the original information given to the commentators, it would have been their fullback, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who can throw the ball. I've seen him do it in trick plays for the 49ers, I think, under Shanahan. Um and he didn't get a look either. Instead, they decided to roll out Brock Purdy, handing the ball off. Well, that which... made no sense. Made no sense to me. Uh, having said this, I was, was thinking about this. If you've injured your elbow, you might not be able to throw the ball with the traditional quarterback throwing motion. But if you'd learned how to pass a rugby ball, you, you could still have operated an offence. Yeah, It would have been underarm. It would have been unconventional, but it would have put an awful uh, lot less strain on it. And you wouldn't have had to grip the ball. Could have been effective. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, guys, open your eyes, have a look at the way other oval ball sports with teams do things, and you might have had something there. They, they could have been playing laterals all night. They could have done. Um, look, we've spoken Stay a lot about the, the Niners game, and what Matt. the Niners didn't do, but yeah. what we haven't done is spoken about how well the, the Eagles played. So before we leave this one alone, let's just spend a couple of minutes talking about the Eagles and how effective they were, specifically on defence. They were rough, tough, in the Niners' face. They were absolutely exceptional, Kino. Um, yes, they were, but I don't think we should spend a couple of minutes on it. I hate the Eagles, and I don't want to talk about how good they are. OK, well done to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're into the Super Bowl. Uh, let's move on, shall we, to uh, what was the more entertaining, I would suggest, of the two and less disappointing of the two conference championships and it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs that will be meeting the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And Mahomes, dearie me, how special is he? Not only can he do it, he can do it on one leg, Dave. 
it defies logic and I do like him. I've I've always liked Patrick Mahomes because he seems to play with an, with an effusive enthusiasm and he does seem to be team orientated. He's not he's not only interested in what he's up to and for that reason he does have the potential to be the next great star. Um I was astounded he was as, <laughs> as effective as he was, particularly when he was running out of the pocket and still throwing the ball. Um he must have been some amazing painkillers he was on. Uh, I'm just glad that his leg held up and now he's got a couple more weeks where he should be able to heal up and get there. Um, but I fell for Joe Burrow. That, that O-line didn't protect him in the slightest. Um, and Dan was proven correct in his assessment of what Joan Chandler, Chandler Jones would do to them. Was it four sacks in consecutive plays? I think something like that is incredible for and, 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 and constant pressure. Uh, that first quarter is, it was incredible. Um, I'm not too sure. We, you, you sided with me on that one, didn't you? And went Bengals. Yeah. So I talked you into it. I'm sorry about that, buddy. Yeah, but I'm, oh, we were close. We it were was close. close. And there was a couple of mistakes in there that, that didn't quite work out. I think, um, I mean, Travis Kelsey had a great game, didn't he? As he always does. Mahomes had a fantastic game. I think Pacheco had a really good game as well, considering, you know, it's probably his first real experience of of playing a conference championship game. And I think when you add all those three things together, it became it became very, very difficult for the Bengals. I think even more importantly, Joe Burrow does really well. But when you get sacked three times in succession like that, you're just moving backwards. And it wasn't the only time that the Chiefs came up with really, really big defensive plays too. So when you've got a Chiefs side that are being so uh, dominant on both sides of the ball, it becomes very dev- very difficult for, for Cincinnati to get anywhere near them. Yeah, very much so. And and Joe Burrow still kept their heads in the game. I mean, it, it still pretty much went to the wire. It was a, a field goal winner. Um, it's still Joe Cole. And I wouldn't bet against them getting back to the same game next year, potentially against the same opposition and uh, a very different result taking place. Yeah. Because uh, they, they do need to do something about their own line, but they did. They just have three starters out injured. Um, and the, the backups perform well in the snow against the Bills, but but Dan was spot on with his assessment. The, 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 the star players from the Chiefs absolutely did their jobs. They, that terrorised him, although he constantly looked calm, cool. I think I saw him uh, give give a little exasperated blow out of his mouth at one point after maybe the fourth or fifth sack that he'd had. Um, and that was it. That, that was his reaction to what was going on. He just stayed calm and did everything that he needed to. But at least now as well, it's not one-sided between him and Mahomes. I want that rivalry to go on. Uh, it's now 1-3 in, in Burrow's favour, but obviously Mahomes has won the last one. I was just going to bring this up because the direct direct quote from uh, Patrick Mahomes was "Burrowhead, my ass." Apparently, or was it? Kel- it was Kelsey. Kelsey said "Burrowhead, my ass," and um, what I would say to Travis Kelsey is, "You're still one and three, son." So once it's all evened up, or once you've got a winning record against Joe Burrow at home, come back and have a chat with us. Um, that being said, we that is also something that's going to be appearing in the Super Bowl, something that we'll talk about a little bit more next week. But the Kelsey brothers are up there with the Watt brothers, aren't they, in terms of being completely superhuman? They're the first brothers ever to play each other in a Super Bowl. The, the, the Super Bowl this year will probably be called 
the Kelsey Bowl. Um, they won't be on the field at the same time because obviously they both play on offense. Um, but it will be interesting to see whether or not one of the brothers uses a little bit of inside knowledge to help to eliminate the effectiveness of his brother. If it's, um, um, if it's a blowout one way or the other, do you reckon there's an opportunity there for one of the head coaches to launch one of the brothers in somewhere else, in a special team, in an O-line, in a D-line, whatever it might be, just I mean, so they do, do share though? a play together? Would, would you ask Jason to try and cover Travis? Or would you ask... Well, you Travis can't. You can't ask Travis and... to play centre, can you? That that's it's too specialised a position. It'd be playing. It'd be playing. Have to play pass rusher. Nose line up over the centre. Yeah. <laughs> I just that exactly right. I mind you saying that. I reckon Jason Kelsey could play safety. He could play cornerback. He could pretty much do whatever he wants to do. Um, be interesting. Mm. Look, we'll we'll preview that a little bit more. Over the course of uh, over the course of the next week or so here on Utter Punts, um, I guess for me that the championship game, the championship games were a little bit of a. The first one was a bit of a letdown. The second one was everything that we wanted it to be. It was close all the way through. Still in the third quarter, it could have gone either way. Fourth, yeah. Um, in fourth quarter, could have gone either way. Uh, are we getting the best teams in the Super Bowl here? They're a little bit banged up now. In, t- in, t- in terms of overall squad strength, um, when you include the quarterbacks and assess them as fully fit, yes, 100%. Um, but I do, I do think that sometimes it, it's it, it's a war of attrition in the NFL. And I do think that the, the, it ended up in the Bengals' injuries on that O-line, which caught up with them. Um, San, San Francisco were banged up in that game as well. I mean, it wasn't just for quarterbacks who were who were injured in it, but there seems to be an awful lot of walking wounded. Um, and I, I think the Eagles' overall squad depth is potentially what's going to stand them in good stead. I'll, we'll, we'll get into a proper preview when Dan's back, but the feeling that I have at the moment is that uh, I'm going to be very disappointed on Super Bowl night and if there's Eagle fans with us in that bar, I'm probably going to get some stick, aren't I? I have to put up with it, mate. Yeah, either that or you'll start throwing them up up against lampposts that haven't been lubed. That's essentially <laughs> what we're going to be saying. Uh, look, over the course of the next week, uh, we are going to be um, coming up with the Utter Punts Awards podcast where we come up with a load of names on a load of awards and and you'll be able to sort of give us a shout on whether or not you agree with those. We'll also be previewing the Super Bowl and we've got a party on Super Bowl night. If you want to come, it's at the Nook and Broom in Bramall. The more the merrier, all right? We'll have some more information about some of the stuff that we've got going on, some of the giveaways, some of the offers, various bits and pieces. So if you're listening and you fancy a pint with us, Get yourself down to the Nook and Broom in Bramall would be absolutely brilliant. We are fast running out of time, which means any second I'm going to hear this. There it is. The two-minute warning, which means we get to uh, nominate our Utter Punts of the Week. Dave, would you like to go first this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Roger Goodall. Um, and it's simply because you have the power, the money and the position where you could ensure that there are professional um, officials on the field getting fair games, and you can also use technology to ensure the right things happen. The fact that a punt that clearly hit wire got referred to New York and you tried to pretend it didn't because it would have been embarrassing for the TV companies, I'm blaming you, Roger, on account of the fact that 
you need to take ownership of your own your own organization and make sure that people can see that everything is above board everything is being done with the idea of getting the right outcome on plays and you need to safeguard you know uh, against accusations of rigging due to the fact you've legalized gambling in many states in the united states and now people are starting to point fingers and accuse you of having a rigged game i don't believe you do but you've got incompetent officials sometimes uh, right, fair enough. It's not the first time he's been nominated this season. I'm sure it won't be the last time uh, that he's nominated on this podcast. Before I give you my utter punt of the week, uh, there is a fancy new thing down here somewhere that will tell you how you can subscribe to utter punts. And again, if you can share us with a friend and uh, and just sort of let them know that you're enjoying us, it would be really, really great if you could. Yeah, pass everyone us on to keeps watching else. us, but they're not subscribing. Please subscribe so that we we feel appreciated. I'll send him after you. Uh, my nomination for Utter Punt of the Week is one Liam Bradford. And um, look, I've got to put my hands up and say I had such a shocker last week in terms of predictions. I was the man that said, if the best Joe Burrow turns up on the day, it doesn't matter what Patrick Mahomes does. Well, that was bull. Uh, and then I said uh, that the 49ers would win. And well, that was um, bull. And then I said that uh, it definitely... Definitely the Chiefs wouldn't have enough to beat the Bengals. And that was, well, it was bull. And then um, I also came rock bottom in the little draft game that we did. Um, which Dan and I drew, which annoyed me. Yeah. But, yeah. I lost though. So therefore, uh, Liam Bradford, you are an utter punt. Uh, look, sorry, it's been short and sweet this week. We will be back for a little bit more content, a bit of extra content for you too. Ahead of Super Bowl night, we'll look ahead to the big game, Super Bowl 57. And on top of that, we will do the Utter Punts of the Year awards, awards of the year. We'll find a snappy title and we'll tell you what it's going to be. I don't know what it is right now, obviously. This has been Utter Punts. Uh, I've been Liam Bradford. Dave, say cheerio. Well, I never say cheerio. I will say get well soon, contagious dad. Dan, dad, contagious dad, contagious Dan. Wow. And, um, wow. Pleasure. Have you just called Dan daddy? Is that... I did. I did. It's... Dan's my daddy. <laughs> wow. See you later, Dave. In a bit. <laughs> pleasure.